Welcome to the Lifeway Student Ministry Podcast. I'm Ben Trueblood, and we've got a great episode for you today. Super excited about the guest that we've got on that is going to be introduced to you momentarily. But before we get to that, I want to let you know about leaving a rating and review. You may not have heard about that before, but uh, we want to ask you to leave a rating and review. Uh, we only do that every episode. One, because it lets us know what you think of the podcast. We want to continue to make this thing better for you. And so please let us know what you think. Uh, we really do read all of those and make uh, make changes based on that because th- we do this for you to serve you well. Um, the other thing is, as you leave a rating and review, words and stars, uh, it helps other people find the podcast when they search for student ministry related content. Uh, so if you could take the 30 seconds to go do that, that would be fantastic. We sure would appreciate it. Uh, also, on to our episode for today. Uh, I'm super excited about this episode because we get to introduce you to uh, an old friend, for some of you, reintroduce you to somebody that's uh, been around the LifeWay students team in the past, uh, has since gone on to do other things, served as a student pastor in the local church, uh, and now Dave McNeil uh, serves as the manager of student partnerships and ministry for Operation Christmas Child. Uh, so, Dave, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, it's so good to be back. Uh, although we're not uh, taping from the Dave McNeil Memorial Studio anymore, uh, for those of you <laughs> longtime podcast listeners. Um, That's right. But uh, but it's good to be here. Thanks for the invitation. Glad to be here. Yeah, man. I, it's so good to see you, uh, Dave. Um led the missions area of our student ministry team uh, at Lifeway and did a fantastic job uh, for several years. And um, honestly, I think still, we talk about it still, Dave, uh, the sessions that you led at what we call our Essentials Conference, which is an intentionally small group uh, of student pastors. We usually try to keep it between 20 and 30 to really give that collaborative relational uh, environment. We do training and and there's a lot of stuff that happens. It's one of my favorite things that we do at LifeWay students, but your sessions are something that we still talk about uh, all the time when Nathan and I and John Paul talk about uh, those essentials conferences. Um, there are a couple of them. The You do a session and uh, did a session on uh, being emotionally healthy as a leader mm. uh, and that is just super impactful. And your other session on uh, who's your your team, like mm-hmm. how to be a good teammate, how to lead up and laterally, and just the focus of uh, who is your number one team as mm-hmm. a as a student ministry leader, as a student pastor. So uh, I just want to let you know that you made an impact here on us and on a lot of student pastors. Uh, so man, thanks for the impact that you've made. Those great leadership stuff. Oh, well. Thank you, and uh, I am better for working with you guys as well. So, uh, love the collaboration and love being on the team for sure. Man, it it was, uh, and in fact, at the recording of this podcast uh, a couple days ago, I was in church, and another one of our team members that served on Dave's team when he was uh, when he was at Lifeway, Kyle Wiltshire. So good Kyle, old Kyle was, good old uh, Kyle. Yeah, he was leading our uh, Connect Group class. He was teaching, and he used a Dave McNeil quote oh, in no. <laughs> in teaching. This was just a couple days ago, so uh, the legacy lives on. My I got I got to find out what quote that was because it could be a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good one. Oh, good. Uh, I'm going to okay, butcher good, it. Good. You'll probably remember it as I start, uh, but I'll probably butcher it now. But it was uh, peace doesn't come from. Uh, oh. 
Yeah. From conflict avoided, it comes from conflict resolved. That is I, right. Okay. Yeah. I, I do like that one. That's, that is so true. Yeah. That's so right. there you go. That's All right. right. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> no. Uh, it is, it is Christmassy season and Dave's uh, new role that he's in now. And you haven't you know, less than a year, right? I am a year and two months in. Yep. Got hired on or started on Halloween, October 31st. Yeah. There you go. So, That's an easy one to remember. It is. It is. Uh, everybody gets candy on my anniversary date. So yeah, it's good. So Dave serves as the student ministry partnerships uh, manager for Operation Christmas Child. Mm-hmm. And being the Christmas season, though, we will state right out of the gate, um, the collection of shoe boxes and sending them in like that period is passed, but uh, there are still some things that you can do right now. You can go online to Operation Christmas Child and you can, they have a build uh, a shoe box online feature that's still available for you. If you, there's still something that uh, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, we missed that, but we're looking for a way for our students to be involved in mission right now, that, that's something that you can still do on an individual basis. Um, so we do want to talk about Operation Christmas Child and and uh, and what happens. Like one of the questions I have that we'll get to uh, is like, what happens once the box, w- once it goes from here, what happens? I uh, would love to hear about that. But the main thing, and uh, Dave, you've been in- involved and passionate for for missions and and with missions work mm-hmm. for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, mission work right now in this season of COVID is challenging for student ministries. No doubt. No doubt. Um, and uh, it can be challenging in the Christmas season, too. And so mm-hmm. I want to start our conversation just with broad, just broadly thinking about missions during this season of COVID and some of the restrictions that exist and to get your thoughts on how student ministries can still be involved in mobilizing their teenagers for missions, mm-hmm. even right now in some of the restrictions that we have. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, first, it takes a missions mindset. So you got to check yourself first. Are you missionally minded? And this is uh, the season where you're going to find out if you really are, you know, because mm-hmm. it's easy. It's easy to to step away from things that are are uh, likes to and not have tos. And so there's a lot of people who like to be uh, known for their missions emphasis because it's easy to do. Um, but now is the time, like, do you, is it a have to in your life? Are you really mm-hmm. passionate about getting out of your own context and moving outside the walls of your church? Uh, and cause you're going to have to be really creative right now. You're going to have to really think in strategic and creative ways. So is it, is it something comfortable for you? Like, Hey, I, I haven't even missed it. I'm glad we're not doing those servant Saturdays anymore. Cause I didn't like those or, you know, you know, is it something that you're not missing? Uh, that would be one, just check ourselves. Mm-hmm. In student ministry, I know there was a time where I went through like I could not do another service project. These are just killing me, and I had to check myself. Uh, the students were passionate about it, but I was not. And so I think that's one of the first things: is how are you feeling about missions even now? Yeah, absolutely. So let's say I'm a student pastor, and mm-hmm. my role has like I've just been living week to week for a little mm-hmm. while, and sure. like I'm one of those people am passionate about missions, but quite honestly. 
it just hasn't come up in my mind because of all of these other things that I've been having to juggle for these last little, this last little bit. Mm-hmm. What are some things that I could do if, if that or a student pastor that would fit that description? And maybe it's just slipped off the radar because of I'm living in the moment trying to figure ministry out. Sure. What are some ways to re-engage? Yeah. Well, I think probably what undergirds our ministry and every ministry really is prayer. And so if you look at the missions organizations out there, there is something that every student minister and student ministry can be doing now is pulling up an organization that, that they've been working with in the past that they couldn't work through during, with during these times and start consciously setting aside time to pray for uh, their leaders, their work, their resources. I mean, churches are having problems with resources financially and otherwise, and missions organizations are having a hard time with resources as well. So that God would provide their resources. And I say, just start with prayer. You can, you can start every student ministry, every Zoom meeting you have. You can say, hey, tonight we're praying for this ministry that we've been working with. And we're going to, uh, and then you can help supply some resources. You may not be able to go physically, but there's ways that you can collect things that would be helpful for that ministry, I think, as well. Um, and so that, those are kind of things that I think off the top of my head, those are the, the top ones, prayer and then see how you can resource them. And then I think we're going to be in this world for a long time. I think parents are going to be a little skittish about sending anybody this summer. Um, who knows how this is all going to go. So right now you got to start thinking, planning, what are we going to do intentionally to get uh, an outward focus of our students that's just not their context, but how do we get out of this context in creative ways? So you're going to have to start thinking about next summer or next fall. Uh, of how you're going to do that, even next this coming spring too. I want to get to some things that can be done to prepare for next summer fall, mm-hmm. um, because I know that there's some ways to plug into the ministry that you're that mm-hmm. that you're leading specifically that can be options. Again, if if the restrictions are keeping you from being able to go and do in the way that you have in the past. We can't wash our hands of that and say, we'll deal with missions when we can start doing it the way we used to do it again. We have to still keep it in the minds of our teenagers, in the minds of our families, and in our minds as well. Um, So I I do want to get to some really practical, like, hey, what are some ways that you can plug into the ministry that you have Mm -hmm. there uh, summer and and heading into fall? But I want to camp out on the prayer aspect uh, for just a minute, too. why is it that uh, when when student ministries sometimes struggle to make prayer a focus, why is that? Mm. Well, I think uh, we are we're in a place where um, we're so centrally focused. You know, we have an egocentric world, and so a lot of times prayer is not the depth of prayer. I don't, I'm not sure it's always taught. Uh, we're too too busy to pray and. Mm. And when we're praying, we're praying for us um, mm-hmm. the majority of the time. And um, and I know I, I'm you know I did student ministry for a long time. I understand how uh, you can stand up and say, "Hey, we're just going to do a quick prayer, and we're going to get into the programming." And just even those words, we're going to do a quick prayer. You know, I've had to catch myself and train myself. Hey, we we are going to pray now, uh, and then we need we need to teach the discipline of of long extended prayer times. Um, you know, I know you sit in a small group. Uh, in in your ministry and you want to hold hands and squeeze as you go around and nobody has to say, uh, mm-hmm. they can say an unspoken prayer request. Um, we, I mean, we, we make it real easy to get a get around prayer uh, instead of saying, hey, no unspoken, 
let's dive into your life. How can we really pray for you? So I, I'm not sure that that is one of the most important things and aspects of our of our ministries first and foremost. But it comes personally too. I, I've had to really grow, read a lot of books on what prayer is like. But um, I mean, I'm sure you have thoughts as well. But those are those are what I think right off the top of my head there. Yeah, man, I, it's so interesting that you point to how easy we make it for people to skip prayer. Mm. Uh, and, you know, like, I think perhaps there's some righteous motivation there and we don't want to put anybody on the spot and we don't, you know, we don't want to make somebody uncomfortable and, hey, you're, we're going to force mm. you to do this and your feelings are going to be hurt and you're not going to come back or whatever. But there is a point that if we're discipling people, mm-hmm. We kind of have to put them on the spot, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like there has to be a point where we say, this is a major part of being a disciple of Jesus. And he did it and he taught his closest followers how to do it. Like he took time to literally walk them through, this is how you pray. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it, it has to be something that we carve out time for where we have to say, teenagers, this is how you pray and then put them in the environments where, where that happens. I just, the reason I asked that question is it's the first thing you went to. Mm -hmm. And I think if we're not careful in leadership of ministries and in leadership of student ministries, it can sometimes be the last thing we go to. Mm -hmm. Uh, And man, may that, may that never be said of us. And if it, it, and if it is in this moment, like if we take an honest evaluation of, Hey, that's the way things are right now, uh, then accept the grace to, to get back up and, and make a change and start teaching our teenagers how to pray as a part of this. And it, man, I guess too, like, you know, we're talking about how we can teach our students and mobilize them for mission in a time where they can't go anywhere. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, the thought of, man, I'm going to do that all through praying for missions mm-hmm. that's at, that, that, that for mission organizations and missionaries mm-hmm. that are happening around the world. Uh, and I think sometimes we might, we might, I, I'll, I won't put this on anybody else. I think mm-hmm. sometimes I might say, man, is that enough? Like, are they really going to get a heart for missions by not going and just praying about it? And the answer has to be yes for that. Like Absolutely. We, we have to get the question out of our minds and say, yes, that is enough, actually. Absolutely. And and that's that's where the work I think that's where the work is done. And I can just even harken back to trips that you've taken that I've taken in the last several years. You know, wherever they've been, if you can't go, you've been. And are you those faces, those names? Are you calling them out? Uh, even now, like I could, I could take the the pastors and the the leaders from the Philippines from from la- a year ago summer, the ni- 2019 summer. Could I pull those names and are those names in front of my students now, or are we always looking to the next location we're going? And uh, and I'll I'll tell you, and I've worked in the church for 35 plus years, and uh, now working for Samaritan's Purse, Operation Christmas Child, I have never prayed so much at my mm. job. It is, it is just not something that we say. It is, I mean, at the drop of a hat, we move right into prayer. Hey, we need to pray about this. We need to pray mm-hmm. about, about that. Uh, we're called to prayer and fasting on a regular basis. Uh, all of a sudden, a need will come up. Uh, a country that uh, the customs agents have blocked 100,000 shoe boxes coming into, we go up to the warehouse 
And we pray over that country, over those shoe boxes, over those customs agents. And then within, you know, 20, 25 minutes to, to two hours, those things are released into that country. And, uh, and so I, I've seen the effects of prayer and I've never prayed so much at an organization because it is, it is the, of the utmost importance. And I've been reminded of that in this last year. Man, that's a powerful statement to be, because I'll, I'll just restate what you said to have, having served 35 plus years in the local church and, uh, never prayed more as a part of, of, of an organization or ministry than, than right now. Um, that's a really powerful statement. It's a reminder for us mm. how quickly we need to go to that oh, instead yeah. of, instead of the fixing. <laughs> and I I'm guilty of going to the fixing. I can, I can tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so they, it, it's been, it's been opening for me. I mean, it's been challenging. Uh, but again, I think, um, we can all grow in that. Like you said, you know, this is an opportunity for all of us to grow and it's been a growing experience for me as well. Well, I would love to talk about, uh, some things as we get into the summer, um, and missions actions. Uh, let's start with prayer. Let's make that the foundation and the engine, uh, mm-hmm. that drives everything. And then as we begin to plan, what summer may, may look like and what fall may look like. I, mean, I think everybody's putting their plans in pencil right now, uh, <laughs> even in, even into the summer. Um, but I would love to hear, because I know that, that there are some options um, through what you're doing that people can be involved uh, in some of that, in, in some missions and mobilizing uh, even this summer. And as we approach next fall, if you're looking yeah. for other things to do. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is one missions opportunity out of many, but this this one specifically, as you talked about earlier, is this is one that you can do locally and go globally. So it is something that, uh, and maybe just even back up about what what happens, because there's some hurdles that need to need to jump over for some student pastors. Not There's many student pastors that are dialed in and love this opportunity or other opportunities, but specifically Operation Christmas Child, where they're doing packing parties, they're using it out as an outreach event for themselves. Um, but one of the things is this is uh, not when helping hurts. Uh, and I've heard that at youth conferences. I've talked to student pastors who say, we don't do that because that you're not helping them really. You're just giving them uh, a toy box. And mm-hmm. uh, what what you need to understand and what I'm this is why I'm passionate about it is we take a shoe box that's get filled. We know that it is not meeting their most immediate need. It's not going to last forever. But it's a gospel opportunity. Any student pastor that uh, offers a, a tangible gift at an outreach event understands this. If you offer pizza yeah. to get people in the door, it's the same thing. So we send these shoe boxes. Uh, last year, we sent 10.5 million shoe boxes uh, to different countries. And we have a volunteer team on the other side that grabs that box. They're nationals in that country. It's not a bunch of North Americans taking those shoe boxes uh, across and handing them out in the name of North America or the United States, but national teams receive those. They have national volunteer teams that take those to the regions. Those regions find uh, churches and Christian organizations, like-minded organizations that will hand them out. And they have to share the gospel when they hand them out. It's, it's mandatory. We teach them how to share the gospel. We give them in their language, all the resources they need. They share the gospel. Um, and then they're all invited back for a 12 week discipleship program. It's called The Greatest Journey. So everybody has to be able and willing and trained. They're all trained on how to do this 12-week uh, discipleship process of what is the gospel. But you can't just share the gospel while sharing about your creation. So they go through these 12 weeks uh, of discipleship. And then at that point, when they're done with that, 
Um, then we ask them, do you understand? And is Jesus your savior? And will you, can you profess him? And will you multiply yourself? And at that point is when we take our, I accepted Christ numbers. I mean, it'd be easy for Samaritan's Purse to, to blow up their numbers 10 to 20 fold uh, by saying, hey, who raised your hand at the sugar filled outreach event? Like student right. ministries could, you know, um, but, <laughs> but we don't we don't do that. Um, we wait because the integrative integrity of somebody being disciples is so important. So that's what happens after the box. So like last year, we delivered, you know, what, uh, 10.5 million out of that. We had 2.2 million that reported decisions for Christ out of the greatest journey. And so that's mm-hmm. a real solid, and they can multiply themselves. Now, some of them were already believers that went through that process and got disciples. So they would say, I already was, this would be new believers, 2.2 million uh, believers. So that's the first step is to understand that this is not just given a shoebox with gift filled saying Merry Christmas. Another thing we do is we go one child, one box, one lifetime. So it's not like we're going back every, every church, uh, every year saying, Hey, do you love Jesus? Hey, Hey, here's, here's another gift. You love Jesus. Hey, here's another gift. You love Jesus. Uh, we don't do that. We try to, move ourselves around during the, for that age group to get one box. It's just one opportunity for a church. And then we've seen miracles happen through all that. Um, so that, I think that's the first step. If you're going to plan in the spring, you want to know what you're planning for. Uh, yeah. and, and if you're going to plan in the fall, th- is this ministry really legit? And I can tell you um, the shoe boxes that we're processing, I'm in Baltimore are now processing. Those will go to a child it's it's no doubt that is going to go to the hands of a child and the gospel will be presented that. And it's going to go to some of the hardest to reach places in the world. Uh, we're working with the seed company to go into the unreached people groups. And so there's some crazy stuff happening in the unreached people groups that the boxes are, are the one avenue that, that these uh, communities and these tribes are letting the gospel come into their community. And we've seen incredible acts of God and churches planted this last year, 1200 churches were planted uh in the hardest to reach places unreached people groups mm. and so so it's it's legit I, I just need student ministers to know that on the outset before you plan anything in the fall is it real you know yeah man i appreciate you taking time to do that because uh you know that that was my hey what happens to the box once it goes and i didn't know about the 12-week discipleship process that's in place for people that say hey like i want to do this then there mm. is a follow-up and a here is what you are doing explanation over the course of 12 weeks. Man, I love, I love to hear that. So you meant another thing I wanted to, to ask you about, mm-hmm. um, you said, you man, you've seen the impact of this. Uh, how, how have, how have, how have students been impacted uh, that you've seen? How have, you mentioned youth ministries getting together and doing a packing party. What's some of the impact on that side of it that you've seen? Um, as well as some of the impact on the landing part of it. Like you mentioned the church plants that have happened as a result of b- people coming to know Christ in those areas and churches being formed. Um, so if you could give us kind of a two-sided impact view there. Yeah. So on, on this side of the box, we call it this side and that side of the box, right? Okay. So this, this side of the box, it is students are passionate about the world and they love kids, right? And mm-hmm. so it's something that that is an easy, tangible way to say, hey, we're going to do something for kids. Even even law students are all about, hey, let's do something for kids. Um, so it's an it's a natural ask for a student in their sphere of influence to say, hey, we're doing something. We're going to give gifts to children around the world uh, this year. We're going to pack some boxes. You want to join us. And so bring them in, you know, and and this year it was done in, in strategic ways. Small groups did it. Um, they did it in different in different ways. Um, 
but the idea is that those in your youth group and your student ministry would have a passion for their lost friends. And during the packing time that they would say, hey, we're actually going to, this is going, but it's also sharing the gospel. Do you know what the gospel is? And making mm-hmm. it an, out, an outreach event. And I've seen that in my own student ministry, doing it as an outreach event. So this is not just, we're going to go do something good and we can stay in our, in our uh, context and, and send things around the world, but we're going to reach within our context and say, hey, bring your friends. And we're going to share the gospel that night as it is shared uh, you know, several weeks later in a country, we're going to share it tonight and let them understand what the gospel is. Why are we doing this? What is the best gift that is given? And so that's one one thing that you can really do. And I'd encourage every student ministry to use this as an outreach opportunity. Uh, and it's yeah. unlike any other because it's it's, he, it's it's hitting the service part of their heart uh, and they're already open to service. And then it's a tangible expression. It's 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 such a great object lesson that this, any student ministry could use for sure. Man, I love that a lot. Uh, because you can, it's an easy invite. Mm-hmm. Hey, we're doing this at my church. We're packing these gift boxes to send them to kids around the world. Do you want to come help? That is easy. That's an easy invite. Yeah. I think it's better than pizza too. I think it hits a, a little bit deeper in the heart of a friend than we're on pizza. Or we're going to give away a PlayStation five or something. Yeah. You know? Um, not that those aren't bad. I've afterwards. done it. I've done it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to have pizza. That's the one thing <laughs> I miss about uh, being at Samaritan's Purse is we don't eat as much pizza. So, man, like <laughs> there are things you get tired of in student ministry. That was never one no. that I got tired of. I could yeah. eat it at every. I mean, you shouldn't, but I could right. <laughs> eat it at every at every opportunity. I did. I ate it at every opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> but you are, are you are you still doing the. Uh, triathlon stuff i am still dabbling in that i'm still not okay. fast but i'm still finishing so still getting absolutely. it done See, still getting it done that's how you can get away with doing the pizza every time you're gonna swim bike and run soon uh, exactly. after. and that's why i started so that i could eat pizza every time <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's right uh, we have, we have, di- we have digressed yes, the, other, yes. the other side of the box you want to know what happens yeah. on the other side of the box because of my position, I get to go. And actually, when I was at World Changers with uh, Lifeway students, uh, we were partnered with Operation Christmas Child. And so I got to go on a partner trip down to Panama and uh, see uh, an outreach, several outreach events. And um, one of those uh, specific times when we were in Panama, we gave an it's funny because you're in Panama and um, it's like 100 degrees there every day. And so they're opening up their shoe boxes and they have scarves and hats and gloves. And you're like, somebody in Minnesota uh, packed these boxes. And what, what is going on here? But the students, first of all, it was in a, it was in a school. The, the national team was, wanted to plant a church in this area that had no churches. So they strategically used this outreach, outreach event at a school uh, playground uh, for to find people of peace that would want to start a church. And so that was one of the reasons they did it there. The second thing was, I mean, they're just running around. The kids are loving. They're, they're running around with scarves, hats, and gloves on, just really laughing at North Americans. But uh, <laughs> one, one boy came up, and he was so grateful for the gloves, and he was telling the translator how grateful he was for the gloves because his mom owned a kitchen, a, a, a little shop where she served hot food, and he would often have to carry the um, – uh, all the hot dishes, but he had nothing to carry them with. And so mm. these gloves were like perfect for him. He was like, now I can carry the hot dishes without burning my hands. And so uh, that's one miracle. I mean, there's that's- miracles. I get to travel with um, 
with with Dania and she she was in the middle Middle East. She was in a hard to reach country and um, she was the only Christian in her village. And she got a shoebox. And one of the things that their family had been praying for was a radio so they could get Christian radio through uh, the pirate radio stations that, that popped up around their area. And in the bottom of her shoebox was a radio, a transition radio mm. with with batteries. Um, there are miracles like that all the time. I mean, uh, if, if we had a time, I could continue going. But you can go to SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC or go to SPTV, even better, go to SPTV.org. And uh, you can pull up Operation Christmas Child stories. And I sit in my uh, in my office and I just cry watching those stories, seeing how faithful God is in answering prayers and just demonstrating his love through these shoeboxes, which leads to them knowing that God loves them and that, that they can have a personal relationship with them. Yeah, man. Thanks for sharing that impact on both sides of the box. Um, and I'm still, man, I'm still just really encouraged about the discipleship process process Mm -hmm. that's in place and the church planning that goes uh, that goes into that and and come and is birthed out of those situations. Um, all such encouraging things to me that I did that I just wasn't aware of uh, coming into this conversation. So I'm thankful to know that. Um, what are some ways that student ministries can be involved uh, in the ramp up to this for next year? Because like. In order to do the Christmas, the Operation Christmas Child specifically, mm-hmm. now we mentioned, and I, I'll mention again, if you go to the website uh, for Operation Christmas Child, you can still do the build your box online thing, and that's something that you can do that can have impact right now. Right. Um, but if this is something that you want to do as a ministry, kind of got to get a head start on it before the Christmas season. <laughs> so talk about how student pastors uh, and student ministries can get connected to this ministry. Yeah, so uh, SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC, or if you just, I mean, Google Operation Christmas Child and you'll find the right site. Make sure you get the right site for sure. Um, but um, one thing you can, you can do is, is just say that you're, we're going to get involved in this ministry. It's one way that we can, we can tangibly send the gospel around the world without leaving our own context. And so I think that this is one of those ministries that you can do year round. It, it will not impact any of your other missions efforts at all. It's something that you can do. Um, and it's, ve- it's very simple to do. Um, and so there's, there's a lot of ways that you can do it. I think um, some of the hurdles is, is, are you planning your fall schedule already? And how does it fit into a fall schedule? Because it's busy. I understand student ministry, fall mm-hmm. schedule is busy. Uh, schools are starting, you're doing your fall retreats and, and you're trying to get to the football games, you're, you're trying to do a lot of things. And so a lot of times it's not where you initiate a missions project. You've just done through things through the summer. So you can, you can start planning your fall now saying we're going to get involved. Um, one of the hurdles that we see with student ministers is that, um, that in the, in the fall it, operation, Christmas child is seen as a children's ministry only or a women's ministry only or a senior adult ministry. So a lot of times your church may be doing it, and you endorse it and you want your students to do it, but you just kind of put your hands back and say, you guys do it with the church. But I would say actively engage with what your church is doing. Be, be on that leadership team. Step up. But practically speaking, um, you're going to need some stuff inside a box, right? And so one thing you can do is you want hygiene items. You want toys. You want a wow item. You want when they open that box, they're like, wow, this is something that is just Phenomenal. Many times kids don't have where we're sending these. They don't have their own toys that are new. So we want new. We don't want used. 
Um, and we want something like you can put a soccer ball, deflate it, put a pump inside that, put that inside a box or plush animal, something like that. So what you can do now is you can start collecting items. You can collect toothbrushes, pencils, you want school supplies. Many students can't go to school because they don't have the supplies and that's entry into the school is having supplies. So make sure you put some school supplies. So you can collect those items all, all, all through the year. Um, put it on your calendar, put it on your calendar. It can be something you can do in the summer. You can do it anytime you want. You can collect items, but I would suggest schedule it with your with the, a fall retreat. That's gonna be your mission's emphasis. Entry to the fall retreat is bringing certain items for certain groups. Uh, and that's what we're, we're going to do a missions project on our fall retreat. Uh, we're going to actively engage when our church is doing it, or we're going to be the initiators of our church doing it. Um, there's other ways you can get involved. If you're involved in the school system and the FCA clubs and the Young Life clubs and those things, some of your students are doing it in those clubs. You can help support your students actively uh, sharing the gospel on their campus by helping support those efforts as well in their school. So there's, there's ways to get involved. Um, but you got to plan ahead. It's something that you can't just show up and put, you know, 50 to 100 boxes together um, on the fly unless you're going to put some resources into it. You, you're going to have to think ahead about what to do for sure. The National Collection Week is the third week of every November. And so that's kind of the target date. that you, That's when we collect them across. We have 4,400 collection sites this year. And we try to no collection site is more than 20 to 30 minutes away from anybody is our goal. Mm -hmm. So you can just go drop them off at a collection site. That goes to a to a central collection center, and then that goes to one of our eight processing centers, where we go through every box to make sure that it, appropriate items are inside of it, uh, and that, that before we send it off to a country. I love it, man, and I I really do. I think that the use it as an outreach idea is a mm -hmm. fantastic one. Uh, mm -hmm. Mobilize some people in your community, present the gospel. It's a super easy invite and a super easy connection to, hey, we want you to know what's going to be shared with the people who get these boxes mm -hmm. uh, and use it as a mission, as the mission component of your fall retreat, Disciple Now uh, mm -hmm. kind of thing. So be planning ahead, connect with Operation Christmas Child at SamaritansPurse.com slash OCC, as you've mm -hmm. heard Dave talk about. And you can Google search Operation Christmas Child and get to the information uh, that Absolutely. you need there as well. Uh, Dave, thanks for taking time more into us today. Oh, thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. And if, if anybody wants to contact me for anything, they can go to OCC students at Samaritan.org. That's my email. So OCC students at Samaritan.org. I'd be glad to answer any questions or help facilitate, serve and resource anybody who wants to get involved uh, coming up through the year or into the fall. That sounds great, man. And we'll make sure uh, we'll make sure and include that as well. Thanks for listening today. This has been another episode of the LifeWay Student Ministry Podcast. We'll see you next time.